0: Stampede! Garnerism 206, recorded 11-12-2023. Maybe some people think I'm not patriotic because I don't watch football broadcasts on every major television network for two entire days and several nights during the week. Well, you'd be right. I won't forgive what has become of this country. And to speak plainly, I don't think you should either. I've had a bellyful of America being entertained in order for the public to be distracted by what are clearly serious issues. I should have to remind you, when we have mass killings taking place nearly every week, it isn't because this country is a paragon of mental health. No, in truth, you wouldn't be far wrong saying mental illness is running wild in America. It's the norm and not an aberration in this country. But of course, that's not our only problem. There are children graduating from our high schools who can barely read or write, and Maybe that's because they spend all day watching their smartphones. You get kids watching electronic screens for 18 hours a day, and they can't spell the word duh. And if you're trying to spell it yourself, that's spelled with a capital D and a capital A. We have children with the IQ of a carrot. And no, that's not the big problem with ignorance in this country. But it's maybe the indifference and stupidity of people who call themselves patriots because they've allowed this country's government to go into debt for $33 trillion. No, you don't see too many patriotic people willing to resolve that problem. And rightfully so, because they would put a crimp in the way people are willing to consume and borrow going into debt. And speaking about that, let's not forget the stability of our banking system. I mean Even after the bank, the size of the Silicon Valley Bank, with $200 billion in assets, collapsed. Nobody worried about that. Because the Secretary of the Treasury can fix whatever is wrong by printing more paper money. And, oh, by the way, when she said inflation was transitory, She was right, because you haven't seen or felt real inflation yet, but it's coming. There's plenty of reasons for believing this country is vulnerable. The 9-11 event in 2001 with a handful of fanatics hijacking several aircraft with box cutter knives should tell you we aren't safe. And no matter how many law enforcement agencies we have dedicated to preserving the safety and well-being of the American people, there isn't any way to prevent further events from taking place again. We have a problem with the smuggling of narcotics into this country, and I won't attempt to explain why so many Americans are addicted and have the need to escape by using something that renders them helpless. When China had a problem with millions of their people addicted to opium, it took a revolution and political upheaval to eliminate that problem. They destroyed those who weren't able to work for the betterment of their new society. Addicts were considered impediments to achieving the goals declared by the revolution. And an authoritarian state like North Korea has little problems with people sleeping and living in the streets of their country because of addiction to heroin. They view those people as enemies of the state and should be extinguished. We, on the other hand, have permitted addiction to flourish in this country, believing people are free to do as they want. That's what this country claims. We allow people to be free and can make their own decision on how they want to live. Of course, that isn't entirely true either, because slavery in its various forms still exists in this country, and it exists as a result for the need for profits. Making money doesn't make you free, it just makes you want to buy more. So, we've been corrupted by that process, and corruption leads to vulnerability. And let me be clear on this point. If we could stop what took place on 9-11 in 2001... We won't be able to stop some other catastrophic events from taking place again. And no matter what our politicians say, that America's future is bright, it isn't. It's no longer a simple and uncomplicated world. And because of that, it's easier to accomplish the most destructive acts of violence. We see that nearly every day in this country by random and senseless killings performed by even children in our schools. These kinds of things have their origins and the cultural values we're committed to. Violence is a way of life in this country, and it exists as something important to be idealized. And no matter how we attempt to combat it, without a restructuring in the way we live, it'll continue. Even our closest surveillance in what we do and who we are, won't prevent this problem from persisting. In fact, when you have violence that can't be contained, it becomes obvious we're vulnerable as a nation. And when I say vulnerable, I mean by the easiest methods, weapons of mass destruction can be brought into this country. We thought we could sell weapons around the world without it ever affecting us. But selling weapons for a profit will come back to this country because we've become merchants of death. And one day, if it hasn't already begun, a foreign shipment smuggled into this country will have if not a single device capable of creating mass destruction, but maybe several devices to do the same, the rest of the world has armed itself. And if you don't think a device the size of a large suitcase can't be brought into this country and stored, waiting to be detonated, then You can't understand that possibility until it happens. We bred violence as a way of life in this country, and it's been created by dangerous values. Well, we won't be able to protect ourselves from what's coming. It's obvious we will be violated by the smallest of devices to produce unimaginable destruction. And we won't understand that till it happens. But it's coming. When America dropped nuclear bombs on two populated cities, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, ending World War II, it was obvious we had entered into the pantheon of warriors. We carried the badge of violence, and the rest of the world recognized that, perhaps feared that, and certainly didn't admire it. We killed hundreds of thousands in the blink of an eye. And in truth, that wasn't something we should have been proud of, because it could have been handled differently. America had the strength to end World War II with a powerful weapon, but we didn't have to accomplish it by using it on two different Population centers. No, we opened the door for being respected as killers, and that became our calling card. We showed everyone what we would do if we were ever attacked again. Well, this time the tables have turned. We're not the only ones with nuclear weapons, and if you don't think there are people in this world who have downright hatred for this country. Well, you haven't been paying attention. President Reagan said we didn't have to be liked in this world, but we had to be respected. Well, making people fear what you can do makes them want to eventually challenge that fear. The rest of the world can see our weaknesses. When you have gangs, periodically looting businesses it makes people on the other side of the world wonder about the strength of this nation when this country attempts to fund its own government with 33 trillion dollars of debt people around the world wonder about the financial reliability of this country When we patrol the seas of the world with ships carrying nuclear weapons, that makes people want to live without that threat. Humility isn't something our leaders project. No, we boast that we're the greatest country on earth. Only trouble is, nobody believes that anymore. No, we didn't have to build the largest historical budget for defense by borrowing money to do it. We left billions of dollars of weapons behind in Afghanistan, and the rest of the world saw that. No, we aren't safe. We're a nation committed to violence, and it's because it's a part of our culture. We spend more than any country on military defense. In fact, our budget for our military is equal to 40% of all the spending on militaries worldwide. The United States National Defense Budget in 2022 was $766 billion, and the United States spent more on national defense than China, India, Russia, France, Germany, United Kingdom, Japan, South Korea, Saudi Arabia, and Brazil combined. The true number of how our government spends money is nearly uncalculable. The agency that audits expenditures in the federal government has stated, and I quote, widespread material internal control, weaknesses, significant uncertainty, and other limitations make it impossible to provide an audit opinion of the federal government. To put it more plainly, Our federal government, including what it spends on defense, has become so large, it's unable to determine how, where, when, and why it spends its money. And if that isn't a definition of potential corruption and fraud, I don't know what is. Take, for example, a recent use of our space-based system – that uses infrared space satellites intended to detect the launching of intercontinental ballistic missiles. Theoretically, that system will allow us time to intercept and shoot down any ballistic missile. Now, I don't deny that a foreign nation with the capability to launch a intercontinental ballistic missile with an atomic bomb could be considered a threat. Of course, there's no guarantee our system will work. But putting that aside for the moment, someone driving a semi-truck across the U.S. border from Canada or Mexico, smuggling a briefcase with a small atomic bomb, could be just as effective as a ballistic missile and a lot less expensive to accomplish. You want me to tell you this country is safe. Well, it isn't. I'm trying to tell you our future. If a handful of fanatics with box cutters successfully attacked the United States on 9-11, then you can't imagine what's coming next. This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard three compositions by James Newton Howard. First, a cut of After You Were Born from the 2002 movie Signs. Then, from the 2013 movie After Earth, Baboons. Followed by another Howard score, Legacy from the 2012 movie Born Legacy. Next was Mike Oldfield's track Prawn's Escape for the 1984 movie The Killing Fields, and then music by the 20th century Polish composer Panderecki, Anaclysis, for 42 strings and percussion. And to close, more James Newton Howard A Cut of Mourning from the 2004 movie The Village. Stapede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.